in terms of what making a social app sticky to Vietnamese is more entertainment, more action happening. Yeah. That's why Zalo is more popular than WhatsApp in Vietnam. Because Zalo has a lot of graphics, pictures, news. TikTok is really good at capturing attention. In three mm. seconds, they know what I like and what I don't like. But they have so yeah. much algorithm. That's also attract Gen Z, also some young millennials in Vietnam to create yeah. content on TikTok. TikTok has become a central social platform for all Gen Z millennials in Vietnam. And those actually are the population who spend more in e-commerce. It's an easy move for TikTok to actually roll out TikTok shop because they understand what I like so yeah. that they can run the right advertising or right sellers that target me. And at the same time, the seller or the reviewer has reviewed the right kind of product category that I was looking for. And at the bottom of the TikTok video, there's a link to purchase. Yeah. And it took me only a few seconds to actually make the purchase. Welcome to Brave. Learn from Southeast Asia's best tech leaders. Build the future, learn from our past, and stay human in between. No BS on success. I'm Jeremy Ao, venture capitalist, serial founder, Harvard MBA, science fiction nerd, and dad of two daughters. Every week, we debate startup news, interview changemakers, answer listener questions, and share personal insights. Join our movement of over 20,000 members and get transcripts, resources, and community at www.braveseha.com. Meet Rinkas, your go-to digital mortgage platform breaking down financial barriers for home seekers across Indonesia and Southeast Asia. They operate in more than 15 cities in partnership with all major Indonesian banks and premier property developers. Rinkas is on a mission to democratize home ownership and create over 100 million new homeowners. Don't just dream about owning a home, make it a reality. Explore more at www.ringcast.co.id. Hey, morning, Valerie. Good to see you. Hey, good to see you, Jeremy. Yeah. Well, really excited to have you now. We've obviously done two podcasts before, once introducing yourself. The other time, I think we were discussing how to launch your podcast and some of the thoughts that we had. But now I'm excited that we're going to do a monthly show about Vietnam and Southeast Asia. Isn't that crazy? Once every month. No, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. So Valerie, could you just introduce yourself real quick for folks? Sure. So my name is Valerie. I'm founder of Ansible Ventures, pre-seed and seed venture capital fund based in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. I launched a fund back in 2022, but I have been in the VC space for the last four years. Previously led Vietnam market for Ventura. So I've been a loyal fan of Brave podcast and that's why I was in Brave for the past two years and now co-hosting the Vietnam season or, or like a special edition with Jeremy monthly now. Yeah, this special season is because a lot of folks ask us about Vietnam and I'm like, yeah, I can talk about Vietnam, but you know who would be really great would be Valerie because Valerie is out there. She's a VC, she's a fund manager, and she's somebody who's Vietnamese. So this is a good way to get that point of view. So I think one thing I always remember a little bit is that I've seen you do over the past couple of years, obviously being a VC at Ventura, and then also set up your podcast. But why did you decide to build a VC fund? Because it's so hard. You've got to talk to LPs, you've got to set up the fund administration, you've got to build a deal flow. So why did you decide to build a fund focused on Vietnam? Yeah, I think that I saw the gap in pre-seed funding, especially founders who want to start a company with just an idea, but they have the right experience, have the right networks in that particular field. 
but most of the VC funds in the market kind of demand or ask for some certain traction, certain numbers that these founders might not be able to show immediately. So I see that like pre-seed funding gap. So I see the opportunity for me in the second bigger, bigger reason is I just want to focus full-time in Vietnam. Previously, I have to also cover other markets like the Philippines, Indonesia, Singapore. But looking back, stepping back, what I want to spend the most and make the biggest impact mm. in my life is to dedicate to Vietnam. And that's why I launched Ansible and still work with Ventura a lot. We co-invest mm. in quite a large number of deals, even when I'm in Ansible. Mm. So we still have a really strong ties, strong relationship with Ventura. But yeah, the main reason is I just want to dedicate more time into Vietnam. Yeah. And what's interesting is that you mentioned that there is a funding gap at the seed round and pre-seed level for Vietnamese companies. Could you share a little bit more about that? Because lots of folks, they obviously be in the Vietnam, they work in Vietnam, they've invested in Vietnamese startups over time. But what does it mean for this gap to be happening? Yeah. So maybe I can share an anecdote from some of my first few investments. The founder was CFO and COO of Tiki.vn, which is used to be the largest local e-commerce marketplace in Vietnam. Well, now they're replaced by Shopee and TikTok Shop, and the two players are fighting for the number one spot. But Tiki.vn used to be number one. And if you look at locally homegrown marketplace, Tiki is still number one. So he used to work for Tiki and build Tiki from the early days mm -hmm. for almost 10 years. I have start to have conversation with him since 2019. So really yeah. like early days. And I saw how hungry and how driven he was. Really wanted yeah. to start his own business, understand the merchant, especially the online merchant's behavior in Vietnam really well, but couldn't really gather strong enough confidence to actually leave mm. Tiki.vn because he's been an operating shoe for so long, so much yeah. time that he doesn't know what VC is looking for. Maybe like he needs some traction or even like what business model. So he need help with fine-tuning the business model when he launched the first startup. So he didn't really gather the full confidence in readiness to actually leave Tiki until 2022, which was last year. Yeah. And because I have been building relationship with him since 2019, we got so much trust in each other that I was among the first few investors that he actually called and we brainstormed about how should we structure the pitch deck? How should we structure the round? Mm. What equity, what instrument are we using? And what was the product that we first launched to the market? And how should we pivot? So that's like funding gap that I was mentioning about. Because when he was still a Tiki, even though we know that he wants to do startups, I don't think a lot of investors are willing to take risks when he doesn't yeah. even have a company yet, let alone like yeah. traction. Yeah. And so he launched a B2B fintech company and I was among the first investor to back cash growth. Awesome. I think definitely there's a huge amount of importance of having local investors helping local founders because you can't do everything over Zoom and especially for the pre-seed and these stages. Uh, really important. So on that note, we always wanted to cover the monthly tech news covering Vietnam. So the big ones that happen, at least people are sending me about is these upcoming IPOs. One has already been completed for VinFast, which is in electrical mobility. Uh, and the second, of course, would be the announcement of the planned IPO for VNG Group. 
and obviously there's some excitement there as well. We're not like stock market <laughs> advisors to talk about whether you should put money in or not and so so forth. So we're not talking about stock market price outlook. But I think what would be great is that maybe we should just do a quick description of what these companies are. So uh, why don't we describe VinFast real quick for those who don't know. Could you explain what VinFast does? Sure. So as you mentioned, the entire Vietnam really have only about between three to four companies that have scales and have ambition to be listed globally, specifically in NASDAQ in the US, which is the largest stock market in the world. So VinFast right. is the first company that have done so. So VinFast is, is an electric vehicle company. They already have product and revenue coming mostly from Vietnam, selling EV car, EV motorbike as well. But yeah. they have much bigger ambition. They want to enter U.S. market and actually they begin building a factory in North Carolina yeah. in the U.S. So I think the first company in Vietnam that has done so, that's why they recently IPO in the U.S. market. But, you know, they filed the pre-IPO filing last year. So yeah. VFAS is a subsidiary of, of Vingroup, which is a, the largest conglomerate in Vietnam. That was started 30 years ago. So most of the revenue come from real estate, but you know, they also diversify to education, shopping mall, hospital, mm. even digital economy as well. They used to have their own e-commerce and they also have a retail, but the CEO and the chairman really divested the retail part to just focus on being fast right now. So he's, the whole conglomerate is really dedicated to the next kind of the next big thing and for mm. the group is electric vehicle. So they believe EV will be the next future. And that's why they, that's where they spend the most time in right now. So that's been fast. I think for the tech community, we are more familiar with VNG. VNG is the first tech unicorn in Vietnam. The largest portion of the business is actually from gaming. So yeah. it's a very similar story with C Group. They starting out from a gaming company, but then because gaming is so profitable, they expanded yeah. to other digital businesses such as communication and media, fintech. So they have a payment arm, which is Zalopay. In terms of communication and media, they own pretty much WeChat of Vietnam. So they own Zalo. So yeah. Zalo is the most popular app. Pretty much every Vietnamese uses Zalo and a few others. They also invest in startups as well. So VNG, they recently filed for their IPO to be next year. But you can look at some of their financial numbers from that F1 filing. Okay. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because like you said, VNG is actually very much similar to C Group in the sense that they both started out with gaming as one of the earliest product lines, but also the most profitable. And I think it's also quite similar to the Chinese companies like Tencent. So it's an interesting dynamic where it's not necessarily a VNG thing, but it's actually quite a similar emerging markets, internet conglomerate starts out of gaming. They have a good user base of the young millennials, I guess back then, or folks who are willing to enter, do mobile games or the equivalent or desktop or whatever it is but they're also doing low bandwidth games that actually end up like I said making money but also they get the user information about these people who are willing to have a digital economy in terms of later on like mobile wallets in terms of payments in terms of all these other communications as well so I think it's quite interesting it's a very different economic growth path for internet technology companies versus the US because the US you don't see a Blizzard or these other gaming companies have become into there. I think it's almost the other way around. Amazon started with shopping and now they're going to entertainment with these and so forth. 
Um, so I think it's an interesting dynamic there. And I always wanted to experience, I think a lot of people around the world, they don't use Zalo. Can you explain what is it like to use Zalo? Does it look feel exactly like WeChat or WhatsApp? How does it feel like? Obviously, you use all of them, right? Valerie, WeChat, Zalo, as well as WhatsApp. But could you share a little bit about what are the major differences from your perspective? Yeah, to be honest, I don't use WeChat, but yeah. I saw some of the interface UI UX. And I think yeah. Zalo has more similarities with WeChat rather than WhatsApp. So WhatsApp yeah. is super simple. You barely see any advertising. You don't see all the yeah. graphics or emoji on WhatsApp. It's purely just a chat app. Mm. But Zalo is like chat app and everything else. There's mm. more graphics. There's social feed where you can share your daily life, similar to Facebook. There's also yeah. a portal where you can get connected to a financial advice platform called Finzi. They send daily news. It's one of the VNG acquisition as well. They bought yeah. a news company to integrate to Zalo. So it's much more complicated and more things going on in Zalo. I think mm. it's more similar to WeChat. And if you don't turn off the discovery part, all the stranger can also find you and make friends requests to you as well. Yeah. So I was pretty overwhelmed by that in the beginning. When I first used Zalo, so I had to shut it down. But yeah, it's more similar to WeChat rather than WhatsApp. Yeah. I think what's interesting is that everybody's trying to create a super app in Southeast Asia. So there's Grab says they're trying to do a super app, go to a super app. Obviously, I think VNG actually is probably the only one I can think of that really has pulled off the super app play in Southeast Asia. Maybe I'm right or wrong there. But it feels like the messaging piece is actually a big piece of that control slash super app dynamics. What do you think about that, Valerie? I think C Group is also pretty successful in terms of creating their own super app because yeah. they have Shopee Pay. So in Vietnam, they have yeah. Shopee Pay. They acquire Foodie and then rebrand it to Shopee Eat. So you can also deliver food on Shopee yeah. on top of shopping e-commerce and do payment. So I think yeah. Shopee or C Group is the second closest to a super app in Vietnam, yeah, yeah. it's not a local company. I think it's super true. And I think it's interesting because super app means that you have some sort of user and you're using them across, monetizing them across multiple different product categories. I think you're right. You know, it's interesting because C Group is a lot, most people in Singapore, for example, or region, they look at it primarily as a commerce, e-commerce site, which is Shopee. And not every market, for example, has Shopee Pay or Shopee in terms of food as well. And that's not common in many markets, actually. But what you mentioned earlier as well is that you see that there's a lot of competitors entering and competing with the local Vietnamese companies. So you talk about ByteDance with their TikTok shop. And you also mentioned about C Group as well. Can you share a little bit more about those dynamics? Yeah. So I think the Chinese e-commerce is pretty powerful. TikTok shop, they enter Vietnam only recently, but they quickly gaining market share in climbing to the second or third largest already. Yeah. And recently you saw Temu, which yeah. is an e-commerce arm of Pinduoduo, enter mm. Philippines. And yeah. I have no doubt if they're going to enter Vietnam next. And it's pretty scary for local e-commerce from my point of view. I think, so it's interesting to see that the Chinese companies are really aggressive. So I think that's also not obvious to everybody, right? So if you're in Indonesia or even Singapore, I think it's not so obvious that these expansions from these Chinese companies are happening. So I think they're also quite fierce competitors. We already saw, for example, that Indonesia launched that new law regulating and licensing the import of goods for e-commerce platforms, which I think most people have interpreted as a way to prevent TikTok shop from really coming in aggressively into Indonesia. And of course, ByteDance straight away wrote a message saying, hey, we don't have any plans to launch this functionality in Indonesia as well. Anyway, but I think it's interesting to see that. Why do you think TikTok 
shop is so popular in Vietnam? What makes it more appealing to a Vietnamese person? So I think in terms of what makes a social app sticky to Vietnamese is more entertainment, more action happening. Yeah. That's why Zalo is more popular than WhatsApp in Vietnam. Because Zalo has a lot of graphics, pictures, news, etc. TikTok is really good at capturing attention. So in three mm. seconds, they know what I like and what I don't like because I swipe to the next video in three seconds. So they have so yeah. much algorithms. And that's also attract the Gen Z, also some young millennials in Vietnam to yeah. create content on TikTok. And yeah. because TikTok has become a central social platform for all Gen Z millennials in Vietnam, and those actually are the population who spend more in e-commerce. That's why it's easy. It's an easy move for TikTok to actually roll out TikTok shop because they understand what I like so yeah. that they can run the right advertising or right sellers that target me. I got to ask, have you bought anything on TikTok shop? Of course. Oh, I want to know because I have never bought anything on TikTok shop. Uh, what did you buy? Clothes or what do they sell um, from your perspective? Yeah. Health supplements. They sell health, health supplements. supplements. Ooh, yeah, like vitamins is insane. It's yeah. like, it's target exactly what I'm looking for. And at the same time, the seller or the reviewer has reviewed the right kind of product category that I was looking for. And at the bottom of the TikTok video, there's a link to purchase. Yeah. And it took me only a few seconds to actually make the purchase. It's even easier than shop. Yeah. Yeah. Because Shopee, you got to go and, oh, I want to buy a health supplement. I type it in and you see 20 or 30 different SKUs. Then you go select the one that's a good reviews. And then you go and blah, blah, blah. Versus you get a review up front first. And the guy saying, oh, this is amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't bought anything on TikTok shop yet. I bought some stuff on Instagram. I had to admit. I think I bought one of those little gadgets that look nice for your desk. And I was like, those ornaments for your desk. And you're like, oh, it's so cute. And I just bought one of those. So but, yeah, I think that kind of, yeah, discovery-based shopping. The transaction that you made on Instagram, was it directly with Instagram or you have to chat with the seller? Ah, that's 100%. I think you have to click out and go to their website. So it's not embedded within the app. So okay. for Instagram, I think the big issue of the shopping is that in order for you to succeed, you can't exit the Instagram app, which I think is a big difference from a lot of the social okay. commerce apps is That's that all. you discover and you buy within the app. So you never ecosystem. Yeah, I did not leave TikTok when I had to, you know, make the purchase. TikTok shop is right within TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Exactly. I think it's an important innovation. So I got to ask, did you buy something else after that? Because I mean, like, you scroll, then you buy vitamins, then you scroll. I don't think you remember what the next video you saw was, right? It's just like some random stuff. <laughs> <laughs> do you and I trust each other enough to tell each other what is on our TikTok feeds? What does the algorithm think we do? I'll tell you what mine is on my TikTok feed. Every time I go on, it's all about dads and daughters because they figured out that you know, there's all this wholesome stuff about dads dancing with their daughters when they're young or the daughter is now very old and the dad is dying kind of videos. And then there's a lot of like marriage and divorce what? stuff as well. So it's like <laughs> marriage advice is your advice and then advice from a divorce lawyer and marriage. So there's a lot of that. I have a lot of jokes about Chinese jokes. So it's like, it's, the example would be like uh, people making puns in Chinese, between Chinese and English. So it would be like uh, an American woman who's Caucasian, who's very good at Chinese, or like this Chinese person who's very bad at Chinese. Uh, those are the two types of the same thing. 
I think some tech stuff I subscribe explicitly to the All In podcast. And so I did a few clips about VCs talking to folks. And there's obviously there's some VC memes and startup memes, jokes that happen on TikTok as well. Oh, I guess the Brace Office Asia Tech podcast also has a TikTok. So feel free to check it out. We have about over 25,000 followers on TikTok. So we're also on TikTok as well. But oh, yeah. How about you, yeah. Valerie? What's on your TikTok feed? Whatever you want to share. My podcast also has a TikTok. But if I was TikTok, I will try to sell you that and baby items. Yeah, yeah. So I've bought so much stuff for the kid. It's ridiculous because it feels good, right? You're like, I'm not buying this for myself. I'm buying this for my kid to have a better future. And then suddenly you have all kinds of stuff. You have a trampoline. You have all these other things. All this baby gear. Oh. How about you, Valerie? What's on your TikTok feed, I guess? What do you see on TikTok? Vitamin supplements, clearly. Health. So, yeah, health. I go for recipe, like healthy food recipes. That's why those granola bars, TikTok yeah. shop keep going to my <laughs> feed. A lot of things like astrology, fashion, beauty, some of the VC as well, but less so VC because for me, TikTok is entertainment. And my podcast also has a TikTok. Yeah, that's important. I think it's interesting because I think TikTok is one of those really interesting companies, but also products that I think the review and the discovery is upfront and then you can monetize off it. And I think we see that a little bit now with the recent Amazon, right? So Amazon, what they're trying to do now is they're trying to create these Amazon Prime video. And so they have all these TV series where you can watch, you know, a spy show and so, so forth. And they've recently been very inspired by TikTok. So now if you pause on some of the TV shows, you actually will see all the products that they have. So the heroine is wearing this very nice dress that's for sale. The jewelry is for sale. The watch is for sale. So you can actually pause and you can see you can buy what you're watching on the TV screen. And I was like, I don't know how it works for long form, but I think it's a great way to hook it up into the rest of the Amazon ecosystem. So I can't wait for Disney to do that as well. They'll be like, oh, here's your Stormtrooper stuff. You can buy a Stormtrooper armor for $1,000 or all these other stuff. There's a lot of embedded commerce that will happen in all these video platforms. Yeah, I think that would be a solid strategy. Yeah. Valerie, I was just curious, as you know, kind of look at Vietnam in the coming months. What are the important things that you think will happen over the next month? I think one, obviously, is that how the IPO performs for VNG is going to be a big one. What else do you think is important? Keep in mind in the next one. Yeah, I think beside those IPOs, they would be watching Vietnam economy grow. If you have been following, our export has been suffering because we are export surplus economy. But yeah. our biggest buyer, the US and Europe, they have been experiencing inventory surplus. So the yeah. number of orders from like made in Vietnam products has mm. been this year. So I think we only have one quarter and one month left to see if we yeah. can really meet the growth target of 6.5% this year. A lot of Economists were concerned that we will not be able to, but with the quarter four is the peak season of any e-commerce, any commerce retail, because it's Christmas holiday season in US or Europe. Finger crossed and hoping that the, the bottom of the mm -hmm. export kind of in decrease and we will recover from here in Q4. So that's what I'm watching the most for the next mm. one month for at least like the next quarter four. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I think. That's interesting because one thing I do think about now that we discussed this is that I think the IPO performance of these two companies would be quite important. I think they've already been important in the sense that historically, like you said, there were no prior exits from the Vietnamese ecosystem. So you say one year ago, I think a lot of people were like, hey, is there any company, any exits? Because if there are no exits, then there's no point having late stage capital. And then if you're without late stage capital, it's hard to have growth stage. And without growth stage, you can't have early stage capital right in play. So I think it's been interesting now that finally, I think we have two 
IPOs effectively, I think the gates have opened up a little bit more for the belief from the wider world that Vietnam can launch IPOs. Now, of course, I think how the performance of those IPOs are is pretty important. I think, for example, Singapore's ecosystem was very excited about the Grab IPO. But then when he had that stock market kind of like underperform after the SPAC, then unfortunately, I think a lot of people are like bearish, right? It's, oh, Singapore's ecosystem is not so good because of this thing. So it's so But I think now the market has matured. So now it's a little bit more mature. It's, hey, Grab has a certain enterprise value that's very valuable, independent of his prior valuation targets. And then similarly for C Group, has continued to be able to be a professional outfit, right? So I think those are important components. Also, I think there was that Vietnamese regulation that said that companies shouldn't list on the US stock exchange. I mean, ideally, if they are profitable, they can be listed in yeah. IPO in, in Vietnam stock exchange. But lots of tech companies are still not profitable yet. So for example, yeah. some of the names that are lining up more ticky will be really challenging for them to be listed yeah. in local stock exchange. So until we remove right. that requirement, tech IPO in Vietnam will still be hard. And that's why VNG have yeah. to go for US. VinFast have to go for US yeah. because they are still fast-growing yeah. company and they are still yeah. at a loss. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess when you think about the other companies in terms of Tiki, Momo, so so forth, what do you think is important for them? Because they're not yet at the IPO stage yet, right? I think their revenues are not large enough. The profitability is not there yet. And I think earlier you said there were like five companies that had aspirations to be a unicorn. Could you list them all out? So two of them is VinFast and VNG, while the other couple, I think, companies that people should be aware of. So it's not about five companies that aspire to be unicorn, yeah. five companies that want to be listed in the US. Ah, interesting. They, I think they themselves are already unicorn or sunicorn. Yeah, yeah. It's about the ambition to be listed in the US. In Momo and Tiki, they are not small at all. Momo, have, in terms of consumer payment and consumer deposit for a digital bank startup, they have the mm. largest, most attractive, most impressive number for all among all the fintech players in Vietnam already. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's not like they are not. It's just that they are still operating at loss and that alone does not, it doesn't meet the requirement to be listed in Vietnam. Oh, so the five companies that you oh, asked, yeah. Yeah. I would name some names. The CrowdX, which is a new retail group, subsidiary of Masan, which is the largest retail conglomerate in Vietnam. I think they, they have ambition to be listed in the U.S. CrowdX was invested by Alibaba and then mm. some of the following names, obviously Momo, Tiki, and also Golden Gate Group. It's a restaurant mm. F&B group in Vietnam. Mm. Potentially, I think the largest already, the most dominated F&B group in Vietnam already. So those are some of the few names that a lot of ecosystem, people in the ecosystem are watching whether they will be ready to be listed in Vietnam or mm. will be filing in the U.S. Yeah. On that note, I'd love to wrap things up and summarize the three big takeaways I got from this. First of all, thanks so much for sharing a little bit about why you set up a VC fund for Vietnam because you care about the funding gap that's there for early stage companies. So really inspiring to hear that story. Secondly, thank you so much for sharing about VNG as well as VinFast IPOs, but also talking about what they're special about, especially in terms of the super app for VNG and some of the differences in terms of Zalo as well as WeChat, as well as the shopping experience. And lastly, thanks so much for sharing about your own personal experience as a user and you know was using these products in Zalo in terms of TikTok shop now I know that I have to buy your birthday vitamin supplements gift card maybe next time 
about, you know, I guess we got to share a little bit more about how people living in different parts of Southeast Asia can have very different platforms and different ex- user experiences. On that note, thank you so much and I'll see you next month, Valerie. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. And see you everyone at a break next month. Thank you for listening to Brave. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. We would also appreciate you leaving a rating or review. Head over to www.bravesea.com for member content, resources, and community. Stay well and stay brave. Stay brave.